You guys can sit down. Unless you want to stand for the whole sermon. Y'all making me stand for the whole thing. So interestingly, completely irrelevant historical fact, the old school uh, Hebrew teachers would always sit down and the, the listeners would stand. And the Greeks were the ones who invented the idea is that the speaker's standing and everybody else is sitting down. So come on now. I ain't even got started yet. Give me a break. Give me a break. Good morning. Welcome to the gathering of Recreate Church today is an amazing day. It's a day that not a lot of churches get to see, especially new churches. You know, it's it's a tough world out there. It's tough for, for the people of God. Um, thousands of churches close every year, and, and uh, sometimes it's because somebody made some bad decisions or the focus was really off, but sometimes not. Sometimes uh, people do everything right, and unforeseen circumstances come, like... COVID, man, that was, uh, that was something for us. And we bounced back, not everybody did. But we've been used to bouncing. We've been bouncing the whole time. Um, we started in my living room. Some of y'all were there for that. And then we bounced on over to the hotel conference room. And that got a little small. We bounced on over to the senior citizens building. And there was a dead mouse in there. And it smelled like dead mouse. So we bounced back to the conference room then we bounced to the high school then we bounced here then we bounced outside that was fun for you guys sitting in the warmth of your car through the winter time um some of the guys who were not and i I think uh chad was playing guitar for us at that time that's some cold days under that tent man we backed up to the heater and uh, then we bounced back in here i'm so glad to see all of y'all today some of you here for the first time in this building it's it's pretty awesome so you know we we made it we made it through covid we made it. We bounced back from that. Um, we made it through a lot of things that uh, that would not we might not have made it through without the grace of God. You know, it's commonly said that eighty percent of new church plants don't make it through year five. So that that's a, a sobering statistic. But let me tell you this: it makes me even more glad to say to you today, Recreate Church, Happy Sixth Birthday. We beat the odds. And I don't think that's because we're so awesome or whatever, because we're so deserving or so holy. You know, I think we're supposed to be down to earth. Um, I don't know if you noticed our banners on the way in. Bonus points if you noticed both typos in the banners. Um, I'll be honest. I, you know, I work a regular job, and I, like, took a two-second glance, and I'm like, yeah, okay, print that. And there was no time to fix it. So I'm, I could also say to you, Happy 6th anniversary celebrated on October 22th at 10 a.m. So, yeah, not one but two typos. Did anybody get both? Look at these observant people. We're going to have you proofread. Anybody who's in college, these people can proofread your papers. Yeah, happy October 22th. So a lot has happened since, uh, since 2017. And so why are we here? Why are we still around when when the odds say we wouldn't be? I think it's because I think it's because we've got some things to do that God has got things for us to do because it's just, hey, it's a matter of fact, you know, some there's there are bigger churches around. Okay, there's churches with better buildings, more programs, better preachers, more amenities. And that's okay. That's totally fine. May the Lord add everything he wants to add to our church in time but our purpose remember our purpose is not to 
build a nicer building. That'd be nice. That's not our purpose. Our, our purpose is not to add more programs. Hey, those are fun. Our purpose is not even just to uh, impress anybody with our attendance numbers, though it sure is not see y'all today. That's not our purpose. We have a special calling from God to be a church that cares about all those people who have, if once you hear their story, they have some reasons to maybe uh, have some hesitations about church, okay? A lot of people have reasons, good reasons to have hesitation about being involved in a church. Some folks have bad experiences. I'm not going to take a poll because maybe every hand would go up if I say, has anyone in a church ever really hurt you or, or really discouraged you? And probably everybody would raise their hand. So I'm not going to take that poll. But that's the story of, of a lot of people. There needs to be a church where when you're skeptical about church, you can show up and know you'll be welcomed and wanted and loved. There needs to be a church where you can be real about your flaws, where we can have typos on the sign, and just it's that's just par for the course. Uh, I've heard people say that they don't like organized religion. Well, you're in a good place. Uh, this is disorganized religion, evidently, at least proofreading of our sign. There's got to be a church like that. There's got to be a church where you can invite your friends who are atheists and agnostics and skeptics and maybe whose lifestyle is way different than what would typically be accepted in a church and know that they're going to get a welcome, know that they're going to be treated kindly and with respect, even if we see things differently. There's got to be a church like that. Um, there's got to be a church that fully believes in Jesus and his teachings, 110%, but is patient with people who aren't maybe ready to say, hey, I believe all this. You know, Hey, you're welcome with us if you don't believe anything we believe, as long as you're just here to listen and learn, and you know, you're welcome. You don't, you don't ever have to believe what we believe. We, we kind of hope it'll rub off on you, all right? We think it will, if you hang out with us. There needs to be a church where people who have given up on the idea of church can find themselves connecting again. Look, a church where no matter who you are, no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter what's been done to you, no matter your story. Help me out here, people. No matter your story, you are welcome, you are wanted, and you are loved. Look, man, there's a lot of good churches around, and I want them to do really well, but there's only one Recreate Church. So we do have a purpose. Our purpose is to reach some people that maybe not everybody else is going to reach. We go to be the church for, for people who are hesitant and the people who love those people. That's a lot of us. You know, we're fully in, but we love those people who have questions and doubts. And that's us. So today we celebrate six years of getting to serve the Lord together. And we also celebrate another milestone. Today we take a big step in obeying God's plan for leadership in a local church. Um, even churches that really try very hard to follow the Bible swing and miss on the leadership issue. I've seen that. A lot of good churches, they, they miss this one. If you look in the New Testament, it's interesting what you find about church leadership. You, you don't find churches being led by business meetings. There's no business meetings in the New Testament. Do we really use business meetings because it works? Because, well, our government does that. How's that working? I mean, really, come on. Does it work so well? Come on. You won't see churches being led by committees. You won't see church boards in the usual sense. You, you won't see churches being led by deacon boards in the usual sense. You won't even see what is so common. You won't even see churches where one pastor is the only guy who's making decisions. You won't see any of that. We see again and again 
as the apostles traveled through the ancient world, starting these new congregations, we see them selecting a small team of committed believers, people who are setting an example by the way they live and follow Christ, people with wisdom, people with the heart of a shepherd, people who have the gift of oversight and placing these people, these people who are leading Uh, combining the principles of wisdom and pastoral care and oversight in church matters. And the New Testament calls these elders. Now, depending on where your church background is, you may have known church elders or someone who held that title. I just want to encourage you to just hear me out today because so much of what is practiced, all right, in in, uh, churches doesn't necessarily line up with the Bible. We're kind of really big on just going straight back to the Bible. Let's see what the Bible says. But today we're we're uh, recognizing some elders for the first time in the history, six year of history of Recreate Church. We're officially recognizing some elders, and it's probably overdue. But the good part of that is, it's happened organically. These are guys who have been trusted and looked to for leadership. For years now, even without the title, they've been elders. So we're really only making official today what has been the case in practice for years. And you won't at all be surprised when I call the names of Duncan Crook and Billy Honeycutt and David Boudreaux. These guys are going to be ordained as elders. It's okay to clap. You can clap. Yeah. These guys have have been elders, just didn't have the title. So our church is made up of people of all kinds of spiritual backgrounds. we got about every flavor of Catholic and Protestant and just nearly everything else mixed in here. So we can't assume that people have the same understanding of what church leadership is supposed to be. And, and I've already said even the tradition that I grew up in really missed, missed the mark on this one. So we're just going to get right back to the Bible. Y'all like the Bible? I like the Bible. We're going to get right back to the Bible. See what the Bible actually says about this. So... One of the most power-packed short passages on leadership in a local church is 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. So three key words, all right, you with me? Three key words we're going to see today. Elders, shepherds, overseers. What are my three key words? Elders, shepherds, overseers. That's what we're going to talk about, elders, shepherds, overseers. And there's some other words towards the end of this passage that you might hesitate about just a little but hang with me we'll get there and you'll feel differently i think so it's going to make a lot of sense so let's read through this first peter chapter five verses one through five the uh elders what's the first keyword elders who are among you i exhort who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of christ and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed verse two shepherd what's the second keyword shepherd the flock of god which is among you serving as overseers what's the third key word overseers not by compulsion but willingly not for dishonest gain but eagerly nor as being lords over those entrusted to you but buying be it by being examples to the flock and when the chief shepherd arrives you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you, we glorify you, and we ask that you'll speak to us now through your scriptures, that we can understand what it means to be a leader in a local assembly, and that we can be leaders like that, and we can support leaders like that. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, three key words, elder, shepherd, 
overseer. That's the three primary roles fulfilled by a, a church leader. Elders lead by wisdom, by love, stewardship, and trust. So the, the wisdom bit first. All right. Verse 1. The elders who are among you, I exhort, I'm also a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker in the glory that will be revealed. So this is originally part of a letter sent by the Apostle Peter, one of the first great leaders of the Jesus movement. He sent it to a bunch of new churches in the southern part of what we now know as the nation of Turkey. That was a very Christian area at one time. Lots and lots of churches in that area at this time. And he was explaining to them how leadership in a local congregation should work. Most of these Jesus followers were raised Jewish. And they became Jesus followers. Jesus was the Messiah of the Jews. So growing up in the G Jewish community, they would have understood, uh, the, uh, been familiar with the role of elders because it was a tribally organized society. The older people and the wiser people in the extended family would be the leaders. Uh, and our culture is not so different. You know, a lot of families, a lot of bigger families, have somebody in the family they look up to for leadership, some older person, a grandma, a grandpa, aunt, uncle, mom, dad, somebody. A lot of, a lot of families have that. Some don't. And even if you don't have that, if you're a wise person, you're going to look up to some older people with some more life experience. It makes sense to ask these guys some questions, even if you see things a little differently. So this is the root idea behind church elders functioning as elders, I do want to clarify, for the sake of our fellows today, it doesn't mean you're elderly. Elderly. Duncan is worried that he's going to be classified as elderly. Uh, go keep up with Duncan someday, and you'll, you'll figure out which one of you is elderly. Go keep up with him. I wish I had, uh, I wish I had just a touch of whatever flavor of ADD you got, my friend. Um, cause I just, I got the other kind that just helps me. I can't pay attention. I don't have the hyper part. Uh, I use up all my energy right here for y'all. I save it for y'all. And then I go home and I try to watch my football game and I crash. And, uh, my wife has grace and sometimes she'll pause the game for me. She's a sweetheart. Um, if the game's going bad, I don't want you to pause it though. Okay. Just let that roll. If it's going bad, if it's going good, pause it. So look, it's not about age. Okay. Okay, Duncan. It's not about age. It's about wisdom. And it's not even about the wisdom that comes with age. Wisdom should come with age, but it doesn't always. Sometimes older people are not wise. Sometimes younger people are. But this is more than that. Okay? This is, this is spiritual wisdom that does not necessarily come from life experience. And that comes from the Lord. It's not necessarily something that that you get because you're so wonderful, it's because the Lord has given it to you. All right. I became a pastor when I was 24. Do you know any 24-year-olds? If there's 24-year-olds in a room, I don't mean this in any mean way, but 24-year-olds, they don't. They think they know. They don't know. They don't know. Um, there are some exceptional ones, though. Okay. So in, in present company, exceptional. All right. When I was 24, I only had one thing going for me, really, is that I knew I was dumb. That was really about it. I became a pastor at 24, which was crazy, except God was in it, and he used it anyway. And, and I leaned on the Lord. And, and at 24, I was an elder in this sense, not elderly, but you know, I, I was in a position of leadership because the Lord had, had called me to do that, and he supplied me. So 
These men here, David, Billy, Duncan, they're going to be leading you. Um, they have wisdom that comes from life experience, okay? They have a lot of life experience, but that is not what, what they'll lean on. You guys will be leaning on the wisdom and discernment that comes from the Lord, okay? Uh, an elder in a church, they don't, they don't make decisions be like, hmm, I've seen this before, okay? Yes, we take that into account, but then we go and we pray, and we say, Father God, please, through the Holy Spirit, show us what to do in this place. So seek discernment. All right, that's the first key word, elder, not elderly. Second key word is shepherd. Do you remember that? Shepherd. Verse 2, and I'm kind of throwing in a little bit of verse 3 here. Um, I think you scroll on down. We're catching some bits. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. And then we're kind of catching a little bit of verse 3. Not as being lords over those entrusted to you, but by being examples to the flock. The early church used the imagery of a shepherd caring for sheep to describe the relationship between not only Jesus and his people, but, but church leaders and, and the church. And This word shepherd may be feed in some scriptures, but it just means shepherd. It's a Greek word poimen, and when it was translated into latin it became pastor and that's where we got the word pastor from because it just means shepherd just means shepherd and uh the word pastor is commonly used to refer to the guy with the mic so to speak you know the the most visible leader of a congregation you know the primary leader or or sometimes it's used to refer to like the staff leaders you might have the youth pastor or the children's pastor or the worship pastor or whatever and we use that term as a very specific thing. But if you actually read the New Testament, what you find is there's not this huge distinction made between pastors and elders. It's right here in the same passage. They're used interchangeably. Now that feels a little weird because we're so used to the idea of pastor being a title that is applied to the professional leader. But that's not really how the Scripture shows it. The, the Scripture's... They don't make a distinction between the professionals and everybody else. We're all ministers. Do you understand that? You show up here, you're a believer, you're a minister. You may, maybe you're not up here you know, explaining the word, but you're out here explaining the word and living out the word. That's a huge deal. So strictly speaking, scripturally speaking, a pastor is an elder, and an elder is a pastor, a shepherd now, you'll still have like a primary leader, and you may have some, quote, professional leaders. You may have some staff people, but an elder is a shepherd. An elder is a pastor. So what's a shepherd do? A shepherd leads the sheep and feeds the sheep, leads them to green pastures and still waters, and gives them all the good grass and good water they can handle. And along the way, he tries to keep them together. And if they get hurt, he treats their wounds. He feeds the sheep. He leads the sheep so they'll be strong and be healthy and do what sheep do best. Produce wool and more sheep. No shepherd ever gave birth to a sheep. That'd be super weird. That'd be in all the tabloids. That would be, that would be something weird that your weird uncle shares on Facebook or something. Okay? Only sheep beget more sheep. Billy and Duncan and David. The Lord has called you to shepherd our flock as an elder of our church, to feed them through the word of God, to lead them in green pastures, to soothe their wounds, to help them keep spiritually healthy. 
so they produce a blessing to the world and so that more sheep are born more people are born into the family of god that's a that's a big deal y'all that's a big deal that's a big responsibility the scriptures tell us that uh church leaders should never be motivated by power or prestige or reputation or substance and by the way you usually won't get that um it's just a very small handful of very prominent preachers who kind of get that sort of thing it's just not there it's mo- if you're motivated by that you probably won't get it instead be motivated by a genuine desire to serve people to lead people to help people grow in their relationship with jesus because that's what we do y'all that's why we exist so people will get to know jesus we don't want anything from you we want something for you we want for you to find some life in jesus all right so that's two of our key words elder and shepherd and what's the third one overseer overseer stewardship here verse two serving as overseers not by compulsion but by willingly okay third role of a church leader is overseer the new testament word for this is uh literally means to look over something episcopos it means to look over something to watch over something and it was translated into latin as bishop and that's how we get the word bishop into the english language you thought that was a piece on a chessboard or one of those uh, specifically catholic guys or some you know one of the no not necessarily i realize that a bishop that is used like a like a title like bishop so-and-so and all of that but strictly speaking in the scriptures, it's not a title. It's a, it's a function of a job. It's a function. A bishop, an overseer, is one who looks over things, who manages things. They're a caretaker. There's a lot of oversight that has to happen for a local church to function. There's a lot going on behind the scenes, okay, to make sure things are working. There's, there's um, that you may never see on Sunday morning. There's a lot of praying. Look, I'll tell you, you heard in the beginning, I'm like, we don't do business meetings. We don't do committees. What do we do? We pray, and we pray a lot. And if that don't work, we pray some more. And then we'll pray a little more after that. Just be sure we'll pray. And that's what we'll do is a lot of praying, planning, organizing, uh, meeting with people, sorting out problems, putting out fires, making sure the legal requirements of what we do are met because there are some of those. It ain't glamorous. But we can't function without it. That's a big job. It's, it's difficult sometimes. That's why Peter's over here saying not by compassion but willingly. He's, your heart's going to have to be in this because it's, it's tough. Now, for me, this is the hardest part of the job. My heart is to share the word, okay? That's my gifting is to share the word and, and the visionary leadership stuff. But all the nuts and bolts and things are hard for me. A lot of the nuts and bolts and, how, okay, well, how do we make this work? That's tough. That's not my gifting. And I'm so, so thankful that I've got guys like Duncan and Billy and David who know how to make things work, who, who know how to pray, who know how to take a lead in those sorts of ways because that's, you know, where, where I'm weak, they're strong, and you guys are such a blessing to me, I want to tell you right now. You are difference makers. And this church is going to see the difference that you guys make. All right, there's one more. We've gone through our three key words. Elder, shepherd, overseer. There's one more part. This is a part that might make you feel a little uncomfortable. This is where it gets a little, you might get a little squirmy in your seat, okay? Um, verse 5, likewise, you younger people, submit, submit. Oh, submit, ooh. Submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another. Oh, that's a little different. That turns it around a bit. 
clothed with humility for God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So now we get to this uh, little bit of uncomfortable part. So after talking uh, about church leaders, Peter goes on and talks about their relationship with the congregation. There must be mutual trust and submission. Now, submission is a loaded word in our culture. We have a highly individualistic society, and the idea of submitting to someone else is not one that we like at all. And let's just be honest, the concept of submission has been sometimes too often abused by people in power, by people in positions of leadership in local churches, by local churches in general, have often abused this idea of I'm the leader, you do what I say, you listen to me. Ooh, boy, we could open up a ginormous can of worms with that one. I know ginormous isn't a word. Calm down, English teachers. But you get it. It's huge. It's loaded. And I want to tell you this. Look, if you are here listening to me and you have ever been on the receiving end of an abuse of power or on the receiving end of unnecessarily rough treatment at the hands of people in church leadership or church people in general, I'm sorry that happened. That wasn't right. That wasn't right. God's not pleased with that, okay? We want to do things differently here. We are committed to being different here. And even if we got to handle some tough stuff, we're going to do it the right way. For a local church to be healthy, there must be a nurture. We have to create and nurture a bond of trust. The church needs to trust the leaders. The leaders need to trust the church and do the hard work of maintaining that trust. So we, we have this three key words, elder, shepherd, overseer. And then the last one is trust. That's the bonus one is trust. These are the functions of a leader. Duncan and Billy and David the Lord has called you to lead in wisdom, love, stewardship, and trust. And that's not a small thing. It comes with blessing, but it comes with responsibility. It, you'll, you'll walk with some people through their greatest joys and greatest heartaches. But it's worth it. We've skipped over one verse, haven't we? Did you catch that? We missed verse 4 on the way through. Let's go to verse 4 at the very end. I think I have verse 4, Liz. Uh, verse 4, there's one at the very end there. When the chief shepherd appears, you will receive a, the crown of glory that does not fade away. Look, these people here, they're going to bless you. They're going to love you. They already do. That's why you're here. This happened organically. You know, we did not sit back and say, hmm, let's throw darts at a board and say, okay, who's going to be our leaders? No, it already has happened. But understand that our true reward for leadership and for everybody who's serving is from the chief shepherd, Jesus Christ. When he appears, he'll give you a crown of glory that will not fade. So we've come down to it, and it's, it's time. You guys can, can hold your seats just for a moment. I just want to say a few things. Look, Duncan Crook, David Boudreau, Billy Honeycutt. The Holy Scripture set a high standard for church leaders. The Apostle Paul wrote to a young pastor named Timothy, and he explained what a local church leader should be like. And the, the charge that I will give to you is rooted in part in 1 Timothy 3. This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position 
of a bishop, he desires a good work. Then a bishop must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous, one who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, that means a, a, believer, a new believer or a beginner, lest he be puffed up with pride and fall into the same condemnation as the devil. Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into the reproach and the snare of the devil. Now I will ask Duncan and Billy and David to please stand at this time. And if you guys would just come right, right over here. This is my charge to you. This is God's charge to you from the scriptures. At the end of this, I'll give you the opportunity to answer. So listen to all these things until then. Duncan, Billy, David. Will you set an example of integrity, obedience, submission, and service that people may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven? Will you honor God's plan for the family and be a spiritual leader in your own home first? Will you seek to be controlled by the Holy Spirit alone, not by temper or greed or pride or substance or pastime? Will you make decisions on your knees, trusting in the Lord's guidance above your own wisdom? Will you practice gentleness, hospitality, and peace towards uh, insiders and outsiders, demonstrating the love of God towards people who are part of the family and people who aren't? Will you refuse envy and flee from pride, which was the snare that caused the devil to fall? Will you study the scriptures and develop the gift of teaching that God has given you that you might preach the word, being more and more ready at all times to convince, rebuke, and encourage, holding fast to the doctrine of truth? Will you serve in the capacity of elder, providing wisdom that comes through maturity in the word and the spirit? Will you serve in the capacity of shepherd, loving and caring for and feeding God's people as a shepherd does his beloved sheep and as Jesus, our chief shepherd, loves us, his sheep? Will you serve in the capacity of overseer, taking up the mantle of leadership over matters of the church? Will you work to maintain a relationship of trust, respect, and mutual submission? Duncan, David, and Billy, will you answer this call? Will you offer yourself to be ordained as an elder of Recreate Church? If so, answer, I will. And now, church, I have a charge for you. People of Recreate Church, a church has a responsibility to its leaders. The Apostle Paul wrote of this in 1 Thessalonians 5, and it said, We urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and esteem them very highly for the love, in love for the work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. So people of Recreate, I lay some charges before you, and I'll give you the opportunity at the end to accept that charge. Will you pray for these men and their families? Will you support and encourage them and recognize that church leaders carry a heavy burden? Will you love these men and their families with a love that brings joy to the heart of Christ? Will you work to maintain a relationship of trust, respect, and mutual submission? When problems arise, will you refuse to be critical but commit to working together towards solutions and go to them directly when there's a problem? Will you hold them accountable, also showing them the grace of God when they fall short? Will you commit to seeking and doing God's will for this church, investing yourself in the mission? Will you work with uh, the leaders of Recreate to carry this church forward 
in obedience to God. People of Recreate, in ordaining Duncan Crook, Billy Honeycutt, and David Boudreaux as elders in this congregation, will you pledge these commitments? If so, answer, we will. All right, I'm going to ask you guys to grab a chair. They're going to sit down front here, and they're going to have, uh, we're going to have an opportunity to pray for them. I'm going to ask our band to come up, okay? Let's make sure there's room for people to come in behind. So we're going to have these guys come in behind. So here's what I'm going to give you the opportunity. James is going to lead the way here. And if you want to pray, you just come and come around this way. Come up and you can just lay a hand on the shoulder or stand behind him. You can pray out loud or just silently and then move on to the next and move on to the next and make your way around. Okay? All right. All those who are willing to pray for these folks, will you please come and pray? Please rise as we sing one more song in honor of God and the plans He has for all of us. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. Your This is my daily bread. This is my daily bread. Your very Yeah. 
birthday recreate church yeah. it's been a fun one so um there you go nice uh, don't be in a hurry to leave unless you really gotta there's a lot of good food over here that somebody needs to eat and it's fantastic the bounce house out here is for the kids and anyone who's feels confident enough in the condition of their joints uh which will not be me and uh, i'm just gonna say if you've got kids out there uh, let have a parent or guardian of that kid with the kids, okay, to kind of keep an eye on them and make sure they're safe, keep them out of the parking lot. Thank you guys for being here as a part of this today. Uh, I'm going to close this out in prayer, and then we'll be dismissed. Stick around and eat something. Congratulate these guys. Pray for them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. Thank you for six amazing years of struggles and challenges and joys and victories, and I know there's more to come. Lord, I pray you'll bless the ones that, that we've anointed today, that you've anointed, that your hand may be on them. And thank you for this church. And I pray that you'll continue to bring everyone who's supposed to be with us. God, we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.